Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So one of the most common questions that we see from designers would definitely be how to handle communicating just in the best way when it comes to a variety of situations with clients. And in episode 32, we did go pretty in-depth on how to handle five super specific awkward situations, but we know that sometimes it's not necessarily and a really awkward situation where you need to get help trying to figure out the best way to communicate or ask for what you need. So in today's episode, I figured we would cover just three quick ways you can improve your client communication so the next time that something comes up, you can feel more confident in what you are saying back to them. I love this topic because I think in our Facebook group and I guess other Facebook groups with designers and even in our mastermind, like one of the repetitive things that comes up over and over is like, this just happened. How do I respond? How do I deal with it? And a lot of the times uh, I'm guilty of this too. It's something that over like overall communication kind of standards and processes could fix by, you know, starting off right and things like that other things we're going to go over in this episode and I think for a lot of people it ends up being like just a really tough learning process I know that's what it was for me a lot like okay I screwed that up let's not do that again Um, but hopefully this episode and these three specific points will help some people be able to avoid that and learn the easy way and not the hard way. Yeah I think it's definitely a learning situation but also I think sometimes we just overthink it. So it's like, oh my gosh, I just got this back from my client. What do I say back to them? And the majority of the time that at least you guys in the mastermind have asked me for my opinion, because I don't know how I became the email person, but apparently I am. (laughs) I'm usually like, you guys are all just overreacting right now. The client probably didn't mean anything specific by this. It's just a question or, you know, it's just their opinion. So yeah, I think that's something else that comes into it too. For sure. But let's go on ahead and just dive right into these ways you can improve your communication. So the first one, like you said, you kind of gave it away, Krista, would just be to start off on the right foot. And we have talked about setting expectations and boundaries with your clients, but when it comes to communication, this is really important and can definitely make or break a project. So when you are starting off on the right foot, your potential clients are getting a great first impression of you. 
So this means responding to their inquiry, hopefully within 48 business hours. If you can respond a little bit faster than that, obviously go on ahead and respond faster. And also just being professional in your response. Now I do want to say in terms of how quickly you're getting back to potential clients, if you take longer than 48 business hours, I think you risk setting the wrong impression just because they may assume that you're super busy or that you don't really care about their project and getting back to them. Maybe they'll think, oh, they don't need this project because they have so many other things they're working on. They may actually think that you are going to take that long to respond to any questions they have during the project, which if you set that expectation that it will take that long during the project, that's okay. Um, but they may not know that to begin with. So just kind of keep in mind the impression that you are setting literally just with this initial response. That is such a good point. I remember I reached out to a coach in 2016, late 2016 sometime, and I sent the inquiry and it had been a week and I hadn't heard back. And I was like, well, did she not get it? Should I check in? Like, I don't want to seem like this crazy psycho client. Luckily, I waited long <laughs> enough. And like, seriously, five business days later, so a full week later, I heard back from her. But all it was was like, yes, I'd love to work with you. I'll send the next steps the next time we're going through that, which will be in another week. And I was like, what? So I had to wait a week, a week to hear back and then another week to get like a proposal and things like that. And then another couple of days to wait for the contract and invoice and I was really scared that that's what it was going to be like during the project. I was like, well, if I'm paying her for coaching, I don't want to have to wait a week if something comes up and I need help. Um, luckily, in her proposal, it, you know, I had it said like there's two day turnaround and stuff like that for communication. I actually had a number I could text and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, this just must be how they handle onboarding. Like it threw me off a little bit. But in that case, I knew it wasn't going to be a problem. But clients aren't going to know that. So, I mean, if that's an expectation you want to set, okay, then do it. But it will definitely turn some people off. So if that's not how you work, I definitely agree with the two business day turnaround when you can for new inquiries. Yeah, I feel like that is really scary. And it also depends on mm -hmm. how much money you're asking from your potential clients. Because if I was reaching out to someone to pay them like two grand for something, and they took a week to get back from me. And then they were like, oh, it'll be another week before I can send you a proposal. I'd be like, forget it. Mm -hmm. Don't bother because I'm not going to wait that long for things during the project. Granted, I'm a super impatient person as it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of my personality. Like I sometimes want people to respond as quickly as maybe I would. But still, I feel like, yeah, if you're asking a lot of money from your clients for your designs, you cannot take like two weeks to get back to them. Mm -mm, no. Something else to keep in mind when you are responding to the initial inquiry is just to make sure that you're being professional yet personable with your potential clients. And I feel like this is one of those things where you have to make sure you're setting the boundaries from the get-go, being professional, but you can also let your personality shine through. So one thing that 
Um, I pretty much do with all of my clients. I use exclamation points and smiling faces actually in emails with my clients. So this is just a really fun way for me to make sure that my personality is coming through. But at the same time, I'm making sure that I'm still being professional because if we did come to a really sticky situation, I would want them to respect me and mm -hmm. trust me and what I am telling them. So I know that you have <laughs> a couple of situations that you've gone <laughs> through where maybe you've been too personable with clients, right, Krista? <laughs> Yeah, so like I totally agree. I love using little smiley faces and exclamation points because I want people to like know that I'm friendly and excited about the project and I want them to feel excited about it too. Um, when I worked with my designer, it kind of wasn't like that. And I always felt like I was bothering her whenever I emailed, even if I was like responding. So I don't want to be like that. I want everyone to be excited and, you know, feel comfortable and confident when they're reaching out to me. But I've definitely had issues where I let that friendliness go too far and I let them start feeling too comfortable. And that's when boundaries have gotten crossed several times and they think they can talk to me in a certain way or demand certain things from me where other clients wouldn't if I had kept it on the more professional side. So it's definitely a lesson I learned the hard way. Make sure you're setting these boundaries. Whatever episode did you say that was? 32? Is that where we talked about? We have an episode talking about boundaries specifically, I think. I can't remember what that is right now. We can include it in the show notes. Yes, we will include um, a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> but yeah, those boundaries are so important. And like knowing, you know, yes, you want to be friendly, but it has to remain professional as well. So definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, and I think from the get-go is when you can kind of be fun, but kind of still put your yeah. foot down. And if you're not sure and you haven't been very like yourself in your emails, maybe you've been too professional and you kind of want to loosen up a little bit, read over your email before you send it. You know, mm -hmm. if you are saying something like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you liked that. Or maybe you're saying, I'm so happy you liked that. Blah, boring. Very pleased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say it with an exclamation point or say it with a smiley face. Te see what feels good for you. And something else that I do sometimes just to make sure, because I feel like I can go way overboard <laughs> with my personality in emails. <laughs> so I will usually go back and read it. If I feel really happy after I read, after I wrote the email rather, I will go back and make sure I didn't use too many exclamation <laughs> points that I didn't put like 45 smiley faces in just to make sure like everything is still professional, yeah. <laughs> yet still kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of times where I finish an email and notice that I put a smiley face at the end of every single paragraph. Yep. I'm like, okay, let's cut it down to one so they know I'm happy, but we don't have to be the crazy person. <laughs> yep. For me, it's usually there will be like two, maybe one or two smiley faces, but it's the exclamation point. Like after <laughs> every every sentence. single sentence yeah. in a paragraph, I'm like, yeah, that's probably a bit much. And yeah. I know some people actually read those as like, different from just excited and happy. Mm -hmm. So I do make sure to go back and kind of tone <laughs> it down a little bit. <laughs> oh gosh. But um, so just to keep talking about how you can start off on the right foot, um, as we've been talking about already, you definitely want to make sure that you're setting the expectations for the project up front. So make sure you're getting enough information and giving enough information. Mm -hmm. So this is where you 
probably would want to be really, really clear about whether or not they have homework before the project starts and when that's due. Something else that I think would help you start off the whole entire project on the right foot, but also kind of set that expectation and prepare you for the inevitable client who's going to break this is <laughs> to let them know when they need to be available throughout the project. So I like to include sort of a loose projected timeline or just include due dates on the tasks in your project management system so they know and you're giving them enough information like I said and you can refer back to it if heaven forbid they miss a deadline that you've set for them. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that though, make sure you're not overwhelming them with too much information. I think this is another place where we just want to pound them with every single thing we have. Okay, here's how we're going to start the project and here's how the whole entire project is going to go and this is how we're going to wrap up and you're going to get all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And your client is probably like, I can't. I don't even have time to read this email, let alone participate in this project. So keep in mind that you don't want to overwhelm them mm -hmm. either. The last thing I want to say here is just if you're turning down a project, you still want to be respectful and actually respond to the potential client because this client could come back to you in the future. So they may like you enough that in a year if they need something else, they're going to come back to you even if they hire someone else. Um, and they could always share your name with their peers. So keep this in mind when you're responding, even if you have to turn a project down. So I would usually say, like if I didn't want the project or if it was someone who had like some kind of medical business, that's definitely not what I want to work on. I would say something like, hi there, thank you so much for filling out my inquiry form. I currently work within a more specific niche of bloggers and lifestyle brands. So unfortunately, I don't think that I'm the right fit for this project. I hope you can understand. If you're interested, you can check out so-and-so and so-and-so, and, -so, and this is where I would drop in names and links for other designers. Um, and then I would just say, I truly believe your project would be in great hands with these people. Wishing you best of luck, take care, and then sign off with your name. So this is a really, really good way to respond politely send them packing and you don't have to worry about it <laughs> yeah I like how this is really really kind it gives them a step to take but you're also not leaving any room for them to like question you and argue with it and try to convince you otherwise you're like this is how it is go here but you're really really nice about it and they would get a positive feeling after reading this even if even if they were a little disappointed from not being able to work with you specifically I think this is a really good way to handle it yeah, definitely. And even if it's not a case of it's a different niche, you could always change that out to be, you know, I'm currently booked until this date. If that works for you, let me know. If not, here are some people who are available right now. You know, you just have to kind of tweak it, make it work for you. But yeah, it's all about being professional, polite, and helping them because you don't want to have some kind of weird impression because you ignored their email because they weren't the right fit or 
you know, just because you were rude in responding to them Mm because they didn't know any better. You know what I mean? Exactly. In a perfect world, all of our design projects would go smoothly. But let's be honest, most of the time, we're not in a perfect world. Sometimes you find yourself waiting to hear back from potential clients, pulling your hair out, trying to get content and feedback from your current clients, or have no idea how to get your client to just pay their final invoice already. It's hard to have just one project that goes smoothly from the second they inquire with you all the way to when you're officially checking that project off of your list. The good news is that you don't have to always drive yourself crazy figuring out how to respond when things don't go smoothly. With my email scripts for designers, you'll know exactly what to do and say in any situation to help you stick to your contract, keep that project moving smoothly, and end things on good terms. My email scripts include everything from taking on or turning down a project, how to respond when you aren't getting your stuff on time, and to even what to do if your client is trying to skip out on paying that final invoice. To get your email scripts and check out my other products for designers, head to getbacktodesign.co slash shop and be sure to enter the code podcast for 15% off your entire purchase. Now, the next way, and this is probably the most important one that we can talk about in this whole episode (laughs) to improve client communication would be do not respond to unhappy clients right away. This is a big one, you guys, and it, like I said, it's the easiest way to improve things because you are totally taking this thing out, which means you're responding a lot better and so forth. We'll talk about it in a second, but Mm -hmm. this does not necessarily mean clients who are emailing you with a really bad attitude, people who are like, I don't like any of this stuff that you sent me. You know, this also includes people who are asking for a ton of revisions and you don't like their revisions. Um, people who want work outside of the original project scope, etc., etc. Um, I say always, always give yourself time <laughs> to cool off after reading the email or whatever it is so that you can have that time to kind of cool off and put together a more level-headed response to whatever it is they are saying. Oh, this is so important. Um, I have definitely been guilty of responding to unhappy clients <laughs> right away. And every time I wish I could go back because I always am like defensive. I'm trying to defend anything they're unhappy about, where if I wait and you know, it's never fun to have to sit and think about something. But if I do, I'm much more likely to be able to just respond with the facts. I can, if they had emotion, you know, negative emotion mixed in their email, I'm much more able to kind of ignore that and just pull out the actual pieces that I need. Like, okay, they didn't like this or they want this change. I don't have to care about anything else they said or thought. I just can focus on those facts and address those specifically instead of like trying to defend myself or make them happy or I don't know, convince them they shouldn't be upset or something like that. 
I also think it's good because if they are actually like upset, upset, they get time to cool off too. Instead of you just responding right back with an email, it's good for both of you to get that extra time if it is a situation where people are actually mad. Yeah, I think that is such a good point. And this actually could work for literally anything where someone is trying to argue with you. (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) If your spouse or your friend or your parent or whatever it is is like trying to argue with you about something, just take the time to cool off because that is what we all need. And I agree. Uh This gives your client time to kind of relax on whatever it is they sent you and they probably actually are going to feel bad if they just sent you a really rude email Mm -hmm. by the time you respond anyway. So I not only think it's a good idea just because you're not like going back into it saying you are so dumb client (laughs) like this is why I'm right because when I was just getting started and As I like got more comfortable responding to these kind of unhappy client situations, when you're responding, it's like so defensive. You know what I mean? When someone is unhappy, even if they're just asking for revisions sometimes, you can be like, no, but this is why this is so much better and I'm right and you're wrong and... You know, that is the worst idea you've ever had. I've never heard of anything, you know, more terrible than that. So I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to waste my time on it. And you just, you're like pounding all these things out in your email. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that, that's just nuts to, to think about for me. So something else just to kind of go along with that is... Sometimes your clients aren't actually trying to be mean (laughs) or say anything that is rubbing you the wrong way. I know I have had this situation, you know, with my husband, with you, Krista, um, Mm -hmm. where we've said something, the other person has said something, and maybe we had a bad day and we took it wrong. You know what I mean? And (laughs) so it's like... You want to give them the snap and go crazy on them, <laughs> even though they didn't mean it that way. Yeah, exactly. So if you take the time to just kind of chill out and then come back and maybe reread it with a level head and just see, okay, with brand new eyes, this is what they actually meant, you can avoid escalating a situation that might not even be there. Because just imagine if yeah. your client sent you something that was like, hey, can we tweak this thing? And you're like, F no. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, though. I I want to say that. I'm sure some people think that. Sometimes (laughs) I think that just when I'm reading an email, I'm like, heck no, we can't do that. And then you have just made this whole really confrontational situation out of literally nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... Definitely recommend to just take some time. And one thing that I know we have said before, probably in episode 32 when we were talking about the sticky situations, is if you're going back in and writing the response and you aren't sure if you're still being too defensive, find someone who can read your email and give you you know, some outsider's point of views on what you're saying. Sometimes I still do that if a client has rubbed me wrong and I'm like, 
no, I have to put my foot down here. I'll reach out to you guys in the mastermind to make sure I'm not being like, like I said, too confrontational, too defensive. And people have done this in our Facebook group. You can also just find another peer that you trust, you know, to kind of run things by and be like, hey, you know, what do you think of this? Here's the situation of what's been going on. Because obviously the person has to know what has been leading up to this point. And then that can also help you avoid sending off this really bad email that you will regret. (laughs) Yeah. And like, even with you, you're really good at writing emails. But when you do that, I know one thing that I, the, the thing that I request change or suggest changes on the most is like saying things about like you, the client, like you said this. And so, and I always try to take those things out because I, I don't know, I don't know if this is actually a thing, but I always worry that if I accuse them of something, even if it's true, if I'm saying you said this or you did this, that they're going to then go on the defensive. So those are like all the little things I'm always looking for, but I'm really bad at it with my own stuff. I'm much better with (laughs) someone else's email. So there's another little thing to pay attention to. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I am always very, but you wanted it this way because I want them to know this is not my fault. This is your fault that we are in this situation. But most of the time as the professional, it's just easier to take the blame or to accept it or whatever it is and then just kind of move on as long as it's not, you know, costing you money or anything. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a really good thing to point out, though. So the last way that you can improve your client communication would literally be, this is the easiest thing I think out of all of them, is to use canned responses whenever you can just to save time. So this is another big one and I think it will help everyone move through their inbox a lot faster and it can also help you avoid getting annoyed when you're asked the same question for the third time in one day. <laughs> yeah. Because we have all been there where you have a bunch of project inquiries, none of them gave you enough information, and so you're having, <laughs> having to repeat yourself over and over and over again um, to all of these different inquiries to make sure you're getting what you need. Um, these are really easy to set up in Gmail I honestly don't know if anyone else has the ability to create canned responses. They probably do. Mm-hmm. But I do want to make sure that we will include a link in the resources section of the show notes so that you guys know how to set up the canned responses because, trust me, it'll save you a ton of time. Yeah, I love those. Um, I don't know about you, but I actually have three different canned responses that I use pretty regularly. So the first one would be for inquiries. I think this is really good, especially, like I said, because most of my inquiries, I don't know why they're all like this, but a lot of them don't give me enough information. And so I have to be like, okay, well, can you go and actually fill out the inquiry form now (laughs) so I can learn more about the project? And... I think it's a good idea to have two versions, one where you need more information and then one where you're actually turning down the project. The second one I have is for onboarding clients and I have this um, so I can send it via email or just post it in Asana when the project is getting ready 
And this isn't a ton of information, but it's just a general idea of, you know, hey, we're booking your project, so here is what's coming, here's what I need from you first, and so we can kind of get the ball rolling. And then the last one would just be wrapping up with clients, and I think this is a good one to have even if you don't have the other two because it makes it less like, scary and an uncomfortable to ask for testimonials and referrals when the email is already written. You don't have to think about <laughs> what to say. You can just hit send. <laughs> mm -hmm. The biggest one that I use is a wrap, a wrap up one, but it's not uh, when I'm asking for those things. It's when I'm like handing off the website because I got so sick of trying to remember everything I needed to tell the client about their new website. And now I just have a canned response for it. And it's so wonderful. It tells them like how to log in, what happens if they have issues logging in. I link to tutorials, tell them what plugins still need to be set up, um, send them information on my maintenance package and tell them how the support period works. And it's all right there. And I just have to like edit a couple of links maybe or their name and it's done. And it's so nice. I do need to set up like inquiry and onboarding ones because I don't have those, but that last one is real good. Yeah. And I think that's another good point, even if not necessarily to save time, but say you remember to make all the points that you mm -hmm. need to can responses can be really helpful for that reason. Cause yeah, I know just like you, I've been in that situation where it's like, okay, so I told them about this and that and, um, oh crap, here's this other thing I almost forgot. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a good idea. And I do want to mention here that you should make sure that you like bold or italicize the content that needs to be changed in these emails because otherwise you will forget to change that and you're probably gonna send the email off without <laughs> the important information or with something totally screwed up. So I learned the hard way not to include like a name in the canned mm -hmm. response. So I usually say, hey, and then the client's name. And yes, I accidentally hit send without changing the name. So yeah. I learned the hard way to just say name in bold to make sure I change that. Yeah. Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we know how it feels to get emails to like the wrong name or yeah. whatever. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Especially after you just finished a project for them. They're like, really? You don't know my name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so awkward. So those are the three ways that you can just start to improve client communication. So those were starting off on the right foot, not responding to unhappy clients right away, and using canned responses. And just to kind of wrap up here, client communication can be really tricky to deal with, but the more experience you get, the more times that you are actually talking to your clients and that sort of thing, you get even more comfortable and you're going to be feeling more confident regardless of the situation that you have to respond to. And the action step that I have for you in this episode, super easy. Go and create a few canned responses that you can use to send in a variety of situations. So maybe start with the wrapping up email, since we mentioned that was so helpful for us, and then add on the inquiry and other situations as they come up, just to make sure that you're saving time, giving them all the information that they need, and that you are responding professionally. 
Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.